Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon down in Nashville. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Nons Podcast. We are thrilled <laughs> to death that you're listening to our show yet again, yes. or maybe even for the first time. Hey, uh, by the way, yes. um, you know what's special about this show? Uh, As per usual. Uh, I'm here? Besides that. Uh, what? We have a great guest on the line. Oh, we do? We do. Yes, yes. And it's not Jared. I mean, we love having Jared, but this he's this is a this is a new person. New person, who might you be? Randy Parsons. I'm a guitar maker. Randy Parsons. That's that's the, uh, well, you might know him from our, our recent episode with Henry Cash. Oh, that's right. Uh, who has uh, uh, a number. A bevy. Of, of these. Yes, it's getting quite the collection, as I understand. A bevy? And uh, a couple other uh, notable people that we're going to get into uh, deep, deep into Randy's story. Yes. Uh, very, very excited about this. Randy, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about super duper guitar stuff, mostly. Lots of it. Cool. Yeah. And um, we have some great... Uh, little bits to get to before we get to his interview, but let me start off in the spirit of the uh, the aforementioned guest, Parsons Guitar. Yeah. We had a, a fantastic message from a gentleman named Brody Rowe. Uh, Randy, are you familiar with Brody Rowe? I am. What a great kid. This is what he says. Hey, just found your podcast from the Henry Cash Post. Just started the episode now. I am a local, and I have a cool guitar that is very much related to Henry. I have a wild build from Randy Parsons, his builder, along with Jack White's and Jimmy Page's. Whoa. It is based on Henry's guitar, but is made out of 110-year-old church pew, bat skull, and some other cool materials. I'm a local. If you guys want to check it out and play it, Henry personally picked the color for me. Very, very cool. Um, he sent a whole bunch of photos of said guitar, and it is outstanding. I mean, it is really beautiful. Mm. Um, and uh, we'll we'll maybe post a couple of these pictures up. And he's got the same exact outfit as as uh, Henry and. Uh, <laughs> I think that must have been at the show that we pl- it is the show that we played with them because my t-shirt rack is in the back <laughs> behind them. So, well, next time say hello, Brody. We played that yeah. we opened for them. Uh, the Valentinos opened for them and uh, uh yeah, it would have been great to meet you. <laughs> but uh anyways, nevertheless, um that was I thought uh, an apropos opening for I like the that. show. That's yeah. nice. So yeah, we're going to have to get a hold of this dude. So it's a church pew. Yeah. yeah. You know what Confucius said. Okay. He who farted mm-hmm. in church sit in his own pew. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. That's rough. We just That's started. That's a grandpa <laughs> joke, man. Yeah. That's a great grandpa joke. Anyways. It's, it's not just a church pew. It's actually, I bought the church, so it's one oh. of my pews. Oh. Oh, that's nice. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I go the extra mile. <laughs> yeah, I only need a little bit of wood, but yeah, I just buy the church. I got plenty. <laughs> yep. yep, love it. That's great. Uh, Beautiful. Anyways, uh, so that was basically the the main gist. I do want to uh, also mention we are going to be giving away the Daredevil hype pedal. Oh, and 
I got all tickled, and we're coming up on a very special season, so we got a couple more things we're going to be giving away in the spirit of that, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. So, uh, anyways, let's get on with what's going on in our music world this week, because we have a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Lots. Let's just do but it. That's, Tony? Let's just go through it. Go. Well, Todd, And this... then we'll check in with Randy, everybody. Okay, that sounds good. Um, this week, I would just like to give a, a tip of the old chapeau to our... Our, 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 a local, well, woof, woof. Sort, of, sort of a local company. They're up in Cleveland. Grover Musical Products. Like gr- the Grover, Grover Tuning Machines. Oh. Yes. Really? They also, and they they're also, in Cleveland? Yeah. And they also have a trophy. <laughs> I mean, really? Division. They're in Cleveland? <laughs> oh, I knew that. We should go um, see them. We probably could. Um, but anyhow, I was in the process of changing out my, uh, the heads on my tuning machines. And underneath the heads, there's a like a nylon bushing, and then there's this little spring clippy thing. Well, in my haste to change things, I dropped one of the spring clippy things, and it just went. I, I mean, you know, that's it's literally it's nothing. It's the size of a of a pin, more well, a little larger than that. But anyhow, so I said, well. I could probably do it, put it back on without it. But I said, you know what? Let me go to the Grover website. And I sent an email and uh, I said, hey, you know, I just lost this one thing. And, you know, and uh, I got a response back from uh, Sam Marchuk, the sales manager there. Oh, Sam. Hey, Sam, thank you. He says, I'm, we'll just send you out a, we'll just send you out the whole a replacement kit. Which is what this is, and I only wow. needed one little part, but they sent me this, all these little Those are very spring tiny. washers. Oh, they're oh, look how small that is. I try to I find see that. how small that try is. Try to find that. So it's like the inside of a Cheerio. Yeah, maybe smaller. Mm. But anyhow, I would just say, I mean, I appreciate customer service like that. Yeah. And then they sent them, you know, free of charge. Send it through the mail. That's great. I love it. Grover, you guys. Thank you. Secondly. Um, I got a, a kind of a cool guitar. I worked a, a trade deal, which is even better because there's no cash Do involved. Do I know about this? Uh, you maybe don't. Oh, boy. So I got a, 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 some photos and a, and a quick text from our friend Cliff from Clifton Guitar Works. Okay. He's been uh, on the show. And he says, hey, I got this guitar. Oh, yeah, okay. Come you on. know, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, he says, you know, I, it's not for me, but I know you like Gretches. Oh. And uh, I didn't know he gave this to you. This is exciting because he told me the whole story. But go ahead. Yeah, I have to share it with the rest of everybody. Well, anyhow, so it is a 68 Gretsch Corvette, um, which is, (laughs) I mean, it's, I love Corvettes. I told him to give that. I told him to sell that to you. Yeah, well, that's what he, and that's what he did. So this is like, and it's, what's really cool about it, it's the black to red burst. That's very cool. Um, And it's, it's in remarkably good condition. It's got the f- two plus four headstock. Got uh, has a pair of Hylotrons on it. It has in, in place of the um, the old style uh, vibrato. This one has an actual Gretsch branded Bigsby, which I, I thought was really cool too. Yeah. Um, and you know it's it's you know it of course has the the bar bridge that has just you know six slots in it, which it's pretty much not intonatable right but for some reason it works so how about that but it works but as as with most other gretsch guitars um or corvettes in particular 
That's so uh, light. The, uh, the, the pit guard was just, you know, cracked and falling apart and bent. Oh, it smells so old. Yes. Well, it is because it's... And it's got 50, the graphics 50, on the pickups, which 55, is 55, cool. well, well, those are the Hylotrons. Well, I'm just saying they're still there. And, uh, and Jared and I had a discussion about Hylotrons, didn't we, Jared? Oh, yes, we did. And uh, what's cool about them is they're the size of a, like a Filtertron, but they're sa- true single-coil pickups. And what is interesting is they are super low output, maybe three and a half, four on the meter. But there is a, in place of where the second coil would be, uh, there's a giant magnet that connects to a, a metal piece, and then that shoots up through the, uh, the, the pole pieces. And for as low output of, of pickups as they are, they just sound really, really good. You're going to have to plug it in before we go, man. Yeah, we will do That'll that. That'll sound good in the Supra. So, but the story behind this, I'll give you the, the, the quick two-minute story. Good, because it's taking forever. I know. Um, so Cliff's son was uh, helping clean out dorms at, at OSU and he f- saw this case with a guitar in it that was all broken apart missing a tuning machine the case is actually I think the original case it's, it might it's, be worth more than the guitar it, well maybe maybe not uh, the two together make it worthwhile yeah and uh, and and so uh, his son was just going to bring it back and use it as a wall hanger, and then Cliff started to look, take a look at some things and cleaned up the wiring, cleaned up the frets, and found a piece for the tuning machine and put it all back together. But then he decided it wasn't his thing, so I have it now, yes, and he has. He told two. me about it, and I said, "I know whose thing that is." <laughs> you got to sell that to Tony. Well, thank you, Todd. You're welcome. See how nice you are? Yes. Or how nice you can I, be? I do see that. I'm hoping you do. Ah. Anyways, cool. That's I'll super, leave it to you in my will. super awesome. Yeah. What, what's the uh, going price for something like that if I was to find that on Reverb? I mean, depending on condition, um, you're probably looking at anywhere from 900 to 1500 maybe. Um, okay. You know, and then some are going for less. Some are, you know, but what's I, the thing that I I really like is the is the Gretsch branded Bigsby, which you know I I, I prefer Bigsby's over the, uh, um, the old uh, other style, which was similar to a kind of like a, um, I guess it was a Hagstrom, yeah, and, which is similar to a like a Jaguar uh, a vibrato. Well, there's a '61 32 Corvette in here for fifteen ninety nine. But it's only single pickup, right. and it's got the trapeze and Th- no this, burst. Yeah, this one is That's a, a deluxe model. Right is this there. well? It's a sixty-one thirty-five because yeah. it has two pickups. Yes, so it's three more deluxe. Yes, much more. Okay, cool. Uh, let's motor on to Randy. What's going on in your music world this week that isn't necessarily involved with building guitars? Well, I mean, kind of is. Um, Perfect. I have a <laughs> pretty much Drink normal stuff. Top. I have a. I have a human skull on my workbench Yay. that a, a client sent me. He wants me to incorporate it into. And he also sent me a monkey skull along with a uh, monkey on the stick, the Armand set. So that's really all I was given. Wow. Uh, a monkey skull, a human skull, monkey on the stick, the Armand set. And uh, he basically said, let Randy cook. Is this so Doyle we'll from happens. the Misfits or what? <laughs> this is a uh, this is a good client. This is uh, he, didn't Jeff- say, he didn't say no. <laughs> he didn't say no. It was Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. I tried to work with Jeffrey. He's just not into guitars. So <laughs> I, he, he's, yeah, yeah. Anyways. That's what's going on in my world. Um, and, of course, this is all uh, inside a church. So uh, Perfect. Well, well you're probably, safe. Stay. Well, I'll burn in hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get into uh, why those particular things matter to uh, Randy here in just a little bit. Uh, it'll, it's a very exciting story. So how does one incorporate a human skull Wait, into a guitar? We're going to get to that later. I just said that, Tony. <laughs> I'm not paying attention you would... to you. All right. Jared, let's, let's, let's get on with you so we can get on with me and get on with the show. Sure. Uh, last week was a lot of fun. Um, our friend Drew, a couple of years ago, started working for Shinedown. And uh, he posted that he was in Nashville a few years ago. And I um, and I uh, texted him and said, hey, you're, you're in Nashville. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. He said, no, no, I don't have any days off. I'm going to be busy forever. And I've got all these guitars and and um, and a lot of Paul Reed Smiths to repair and all this kind of thing. And he was he's very good at his job. So he, you know, he's very he was tech of the focused. year like a couple of years yes. ago when we had him on. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the man. So Super I said, all right, Paul, guy. You know, some other time, two years passed. And, and I get a text last week. Um, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. He texts me. He's like, hey, man, I'm, I have a day off tomorrow. I finally have a day off. Um, and I'll be in Nashville. I'm like, come on over to Gibson. So I, um, uh, I, I was actually able to give him a tour. We don't do public tours right now because of COVID, and we just haven't, we just haven't renewed that aspect of Gibson yet. Uh, tours to public. Uh, I know a long time ago you could pay to go on a tour, but that we we don't do that. But since he's a, a very Value, valued member of the uh, music industry, um, I was able to get him in and gave him a pickup shop tour, and that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I also got him in the back of the garage in the VIP area and the vault and all that kind of thing. Well, and he is he a VIP. He is. And uh, it, it felt so, it felt so gratifying to finally pay him back for all the, you know, tickets that he's gotten us. Yeah. And all the coolness and all the awesomeness that he has done for us in the past um, can finally pay it forward. So that's great. man. That, nice. That was yeah, that was awesome. So it, it was uh, it, it was good for both of us. He he got to enjoy himself and I got to show him how Gibson pickups are made. And I said, well, you know, now that I gave you the tour, you got to tell everybody to use Gibson pickups. But, but uh, anyway, that's nice. just, that was kind of a joke. It's but always yeah, nice so it, it was a super good time. It was, uh, yeah, like I said, it was very gratifying to finally pay it forward back to him. Good, nice. Todd. What about you? Well, uh, this week I uh, scored a fun little deal. I was, I was staying a little bit later after work, just kind of getting a few things done. And nice. by chance, I just said, well, before I get going, I'm going to check Craigslist. Craig <laughs> I know every single thing, every single item that's in there. I mean, I do. And so the first thing that pops up that I was like, wait, my eyeballs registered like something new. And... Uh, so I called up and I said, uh, I'd love to come pick this up. Are you close? And he's like, yeah, he's like five minutes away. So I went and picked it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it 
he needed to move it, and I what is it? Needed to throw some money away. Um, uh, it is a literally, it's brand spanking new. He's had it for a while, but it's, it was he just held hung it on the wall. Huh. Um, it is a it's a Squire jazz bass. Okay, but it's the '70s vibe, so it's got the the uh, uh, the the black binding and the black block inlay. Oh on yeah, a maple neck on a maple. Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, I I literally I was the first person to pull the plastic off the pick guard and <gasps> you put the back the, of the you neck. You took the plastic off know, the pick guard? I know, and, <laughs> wow. and, and the chrome piece as well. Yeah. I was like, this thing had never been played. That's nice. So I scored it for a ridiculously low price good. and was happy about that. That was cool. Well, good. Killer looking guitar and it plays great, sounds fantastic, you know, super cool. And you and you canceled your subscription to Bassmaster. Yes, I did. I did. It's too bad. It is too bad. Somebody will resubscribe me, I'm sure. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyways, uh, so let's get on with things. Um, we need to quickly check in with our pals, Tour Gear Designs. Yes. Who make the finest and most affordable patch cables in the business. And might I That's add... That's what I think. Might I add delicious. And delicious. They're super thin, and they've got a very, very small uh, actual, like, profile uh, and, and um, uh, I guess, footprint, if you will. Well, think of it as, uh, you know, most people are familiar with pancake cables. Yes. These have, I mean, the, no, virtually, I the part that, that plugs in that. is like... Yes. It's non-existent. It's smaller than a dime. It's the size of the jack itself, which yes. means that you can, you know, you don't have to worry about the pancake, you know, boxes in the back and jam it all together with your power source and top mounted. Get yeah. And they come with a C shape. And a U shape. And a, no, a U shape. It's a C shape and an S shape. And an S shape. That's right. Yeah. So anyways, load your cart up because you will. Yes. And, and uh, this is, you know, this is on my board. It's on... Loads of people's boards that we've had yep, them on, on my the show. Board. It's on Tony's board. Go over there, load your cart up, and use the guitar knobs in the coupon code, and you're going to save 10%. That's the guitar knobs, all one word. All lowercase. Yep. All coming from Canada. Quick lickety split, and you will be happy and thankful. Redo your pedal board. Get it all together. Go to tourgear.com, tourgeardesigns.com, I should say. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for Tour Gear for sponsoring our four on the floor. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Randy Parsons from Parsons Guitar. That was a stroke of luck that that wow. lined up for you. What is your four on the floor? So my number one... Um I, I'm just naked without this. It's just the MXR micro amp. Yes. It, it's just a clean boost that it's, it's my secret weapon. I just, you know, I feel like I don't have pants on if I don't have one. So what? number two, um, R2R. I know you had Chris on the show. A couple times. Yep. Yeah, he does a uh, kind of a range master treble boost. Uh, and he actually makes a, uh, I, I put one inside Henry Cash's guitars. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Chris is the guy that, you know, he's got all these vintage parts. And I guess Gretsch did one, you know, back in the 60s. And he somehow got a hold of all these parts and the schematic. And so he hand makes these for me. And I stick them in guitars once in a while. Um, it's pretty much the same thing. But um, I actually kind of prefer it over the microamp. But um, 
anyways, those are my one, two. So on, on, uh, do you Go have ahead. the uh, the pedal version or the uh, uh, amp top version? The pedal version. Okay. Yes. Very I, cool. I have. Well, Todd and I both have the amp top versions. Yeah. Which are. Oh. I mean, they're. I mean, it just. I mean, it looks like the right. It looks like the real thing, but. Uh, but it's got yeah. a six-way. Yep. Variable switch on it. Variables. Anyways, uh, this is not our four on the floor. This is yours. What's number three? <laughs> Number three is coming in Celestial Effects. They do, uh, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're from the East Coast. Hmm. And they, they, they've got a bunch of things, but they have this thing called Wah the Fuzz. <laughs> and it's, it's just this, I think there's more settings than there are stars in space. Oh this, it, you can go pretty deep into this thing. It's pretty sick. I mean, we just pulled um, it up. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that's remarkable. It's fun to play with. Um so that's number three. It, I definitely recommend that. That is just a uh, a kick in the pants. I wonder but, why uh, do they call that the cancer? Because it has a crab on it. Well, I know, but it's the um, he does every pedal. He's you know uh, Pisces, Cancer. Oh right, Celestial that, Effects. Duh, I'm yeah. Zodiac. Yes, that's cool. All right. Wow, um, I've then, never um, seen that. We might have to get them on the yeah, show. I th- let me write that down here. Celestial Effects. Okay, continue to number four. Yeah, no, you should. They do some really cool stuff, yeah. and this thing really is is just a fun toy. Number four, um, I don't. I I used to have one. I've got um, MXR version, but the uh, vintage Univibe, mm. kind of the Robin Trower. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of something from my my teenage days. Um, I learned recently, you know, basically, if you really want to make that thing work right, you got to turn all your trebles down on your amp. And, um, that's kind of the key. That was kind of his key. Cause I always tried to like, you know, back, back in the late seventies, there wasn't really access to the internet or knowledge. So we were always trying to like, you know, rid- that trying to get that tone and never could quite dial it in. But anyways, um, that's just a fun piece. I've got the MXR version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Yeah. But, uh, it's just one of my favorites. Yeah. I have one and of that's the, a- the Dunlop, uh, the Roto vibes, which is, you know, kind of a, a, does that one have a kick? I can't remember if you kick one the switch one way, it's a wah, and the other way it's a, a – no, no, it's not a wah. It is – one way is a, a – Chorus? No. God, I can't remember They're now. I haven't either used vibe it. or chorus on a single – Maybe that's what it is, yeah. yeah. Like what he said. Yeah, yeah, like what you said. <laughs> Forgive me for doubting Look at him. You. He's right. <laughs> I'm always wrong. Mr. So Mr. Right guy. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that, it is a cool effect, and you know, in 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 some people park them in certain positions, kind of like you do on a coctois, you know, to get a certain tonality out of out of your rig. All right, it, it's a cool effect. Although I could never really make it work for me, and I don't know why it's one of my. It, it just always intrigued me that um, you know Robin yeah. made a hit song out of that thing, and so everyone ran out and grabbed them. And it was kind of like, at the time, it was a little bit useless. I don't know why. Um, but I appreciate the fact that someone could take something kind of obscure like that and then, you know, record something that became iconic. So that always just kind of like tickled me a little bit. For those that don't know, uh, or, or maybe likely too young, do you know what uh, Robin Trower was, uh, you know, made his fame and fortune on, or at least his notoriety? Uh, can uh, you enlighten us on that, or Tony? Are you Tony? saying I'm old? 
No. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you look at you know the list of guitar greats, it, Trower is definitely on on one of the the uh, you know the list of lists. Yes. Um, well, why don't you go ahead, Randy? And well, it was bridge over size, right? I mean, yeah. that was that that's where he used that effect, mm-hmm. and that kind of became I don't know my generation one of the songs everyone had to kind of like you know play around with and try to learn. Right. Oh, all right. So all right. just to, you know, just enlightening, you know, that's what we do. We try to. Um, well, excellent. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, it's always fun to learn new ones. We didn't, we weren't aware of the celestial effects, so that was always cool. Um, so we can add that to the, um, to the uh, list uh, for our analytics and, um, you know, all of our, things that we do you know <laughs> what is it that we do i don't know we, we keep track of things not we, at all we do <laughs> anyway well, the one fella does he's got everything uh basically cataloged every four on the floor yeah because i sent it to him but anyways <laughs> but but he nevertless <laughs> uh so Before let's get let, let's get on with uh randy's interview okay now let's do it we're doing it a little different this time everybody I spoke with Randy before, and, and he's got a very good handle on his own history, which is great. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, yes. somebody does, right? Yes, uh, we we can put the fishing poles down and just uh, kick back and <laughs> and let him spin the story. Um, we're gonna go through a couple chapters here, so Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little chapter. It's like a little book, a little chapter, a booklet. Setup, but I'm gonna turn the page, and he's gonna fill in the blanks. Nice. Okay, uh, Randy, is that okay with you? Let's do it. All right. Um, I think it's a fair. Let's just do a, a, a brief uh, overview. Uh, you're making handmade w- guitars, one-off. You don't have a production line, uh, and they are wild and fantastic and gaining uh, notoriety very quickly. Uh, well, at least for those of us who are <laughs> newly introduced to you. <laughs> In the know. Yes, yes. Um, so, and you can tell us about that along the way as you choose, Okay. Okay, so uh, hang on. I mean, my chapter. Oh yeah, I was going to say chapter one, but but please, if you need more overview. No, no, go ahead. Chapter one. <laughs> Goodbye, hello. Uh huh. So it was a it was a clear autumn day. And, uh, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> so uh, I mean, okay. So just from the start, I mean, it's my story is kind of like begins just like everybody else's. Um, you know, I started playing the guitar when I was 13 or whatever. And, uh, you know, this is mid seventies. So it was, it was just that magical time that we all went through, uh, just, just with the new music and the gear and the lack of, you know, internet and all that stuff. Um, is that period of time everyone's trying to recreate or buy, but, you know, to, to actually live, it was wonderful. So I was, I was the guitar player in high school. Where did you um, grow up? Big, so okay, I grew up in Seattle. So I'm from okay. Seattle. And uh, the first half of this chapter takes place in Seattle. And, uh, or the first half of the book. Yeah. It's kind of where everything kind of happened for me. But um, so, yeah, I was, the guitar, I was a guitar player in high school. And everyone thought I was going to be a rock star. And, you know, it opened a lot of doors, you know, dated a lot of women. And, you know, it was just a wonderful time. And then um, after high school, really wasn't an option for me, but to go to music school, I had an opportunity, uh, to go to college. So chose music school, went to a kind of artsy fartsy college in Seattle, 
Cornish College, got a degree in classical uh, guitar and composition. Nice. Wow. And then uh, after graduation, it's just the bottom dropped out for me. I, I had it. I mean, I wasn't, I just wasn't going to do it anymore. Um, I wasn't the most talented at school. I was, you know, just kind of in the middle. And I just kind of questioned like, well, what's my future? What's my economic situation going to be all that I'm either going to teach or try to be a rock star. And that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, reality kind of hit me in the face. Like it hits a lot of people. And, uh, I kind of gave it all up when I say I gave it all up. I mean, we're talking now I'm in my mid twenties and, uh, I got rid of all my guitars. Oh. I mean, I just really changed who I was. Um, I went from kind of long haired rocker stoner kid to kind of like trying to find myself and reinvent myself and um, decided to join the army, basically. I mean, that was kind of my option. So I joined the army and I kind of excelled and um, decided to go into a career in law enforcement. So after the army, um, you know, I chose to, to join the reserves. It's only three years. And I had a lot of people say, hey, join the military police, do three years in the reserves. And then when you get out, you can get hired at a law enforcement agency. So I did that. And uh, I got hired with the Bellevue Police Department, which is a suburb of, of Seattle. And um, I did that for five years. You know, I had the short hair and the, the whole thing was you really... Have a mustache? Um, I did for a year. I had that little mustache going, you know, yeah, you yeah. don't want to get pulled over. It's like, oh, God, you got a mustache. It's like super troopers. <laughs> so, yeah, I was that well. Yeah, actually. Um, kind of freaks me out when I see pictures. I'm like, wow, I don't even remember that guy. <laughs> Um, and now that's so like it, every hipster walking around right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, maybe I'm going to go back to that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that that's kind of what it was. And then um, the weirdest thing that happened to me in my entire life, and I've told this story before, and all I can tell you is that it was absolutely the truth. But about four years into my law enforcement career, um, and again, no guitars in the house. It just was like a distant memory. Uh, I was taking a shower and um, I got hit with this vision that that knocked. Well, it, it, it didn't literally knock me on my ass, but it made me shake and it made me sweat. Oof. And I, I got out of the shower and what had happened in a, a fraction of a second, I saw an alternative life and I actually saw myself not just building guitars but building guitars for jimmy page i know that sounds crazy um but it was such a weird vision that it really spooked it spooked the crap out of me and i i i dried off and um i went to my wife um and she was absolutely horrified and I said, hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to build guitars. <laughs> and she was just like. Was she horrified when you got out of the shower or after you told her that? <laughs> Probably both. I don't know. I didn't but, know. Um, were you like a never nude before or like. <laughs> she said, Put your clothes on. Oh, my God. You oh promised. <laughs> well, no, we're nudists. No. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I was just like, hey, um. You know, we were renting a house and there was this weird basement area. I said, hey, I'm going to um, – I decided what I'm going to do. I'm going to build guitars in the basement and I'm probably going to just spend another year with the uh, department and then I'm going to I'm gonna get out. I'm going to build guitars 
as a career. This is what I've always wanted to do. And she's not happy about it at all. She was actually an artist. And um, so there was really no income coming, coming from that side. Sure. And um, then it's, the well, second so that's that That's a happened, tricky thing to do. I just take a moment to like take yeah. that in. I mean, when you lock in with someone, you say, okay, I think I know everything about you and I think we're good. And I like, I like what's in my shopping cart. <laughs> and then that's a big move because it doesn't just affect you. That That's going to affect her in some way or vice versa. If she said, Hey, I'm going to quit my thing and, you know, do ballet or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but, but, but dancing doesn't pay the rent. What are we doing here? That's, that's gotta be, uh, uh, tricky to get through in a relationship. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, we didn't last. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we like got I divorced, said. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's but called, I, that's I called foreboding. <laughs> but I think that actually was because I she saw me naked, and then it was like, yes, no, 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 no. So, um, yeah. Well, so my plan was, I was like, well, I'm not going to like quit tomorrow. I, I, I said. Um, you know, if I if I go five years with the department, then I can take out some of this retirement money and then I can start my business with that. And she was just like, oh, my God, you know, I hate you. <laughs> and um, but then what happened is like all these things started to happen and, the, and these right people came into my life during that wow. one year. And um, I was just like a madman. I was I mean, what I did is that day I went to Home Depot and I bought one of those bandsaws for ninety nine dollars, you know, those little mini bandsaws. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know anything about anything. So I went over to the lumber section. I'm like, well, this looks like like wood that you would cut, you know, and glue together. <laughs> this sounds like something I would be doing. <laughs> right. You know, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. So um I'm like, well, you just, you lay the wood down and you draw a picture of the guitar on the wood and you cut it out. So that's what I was, I was doing. And, um, I would get halfway through something and I'll kind of mess it up. So I just throw it away. And she'd be like, why are you throwing this stuff away? I'm like, you don't understand. I'm trying to learn this. And, um, the first person I met, you may have heard of this guy, uh, Boaz, B-O-A-Z. Hmm. Um, I don't think I have. He's, uh, he is a walking, uh, Encyclopedia. He's a walking time machine. Um, he's from Israel. This is a guy that um, traveled the world on his motorcycle, ended up the tip of South America, and uh, built a guitar with a pocket knife on a bet. And uh, it sounds just, like Al Alan Johansson, actually. <laughs> It sounds like. Are you talking about Larry Johansson? No, the great Larry uh, Johansson. No. Uh, anyways, uh, he's a he was, he was a, a gypsy. He was a, yeah, he's a guest. He's a he is a gypsy. Um, yeah. And if you want to hear about that episode, you can go back. Tony's going to tell you which uh, one. I will tell yeah. you which one that is. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So this guy was just a, a charismatic gypsy, um, but he had some skills. He had old world skills. He built flamenco guitars. You know, um, Spanish heel type instruments and um he just happened to be in town doing this kasha project kasha is this type of acoustic guitar they came up with in the 70s with an offset sound hole and asymmetrical bracing and um kind of met him kind of like he taught me some things and that kind of like got the whole ball rolling and so what happened was um i quit my job after a year and i didn't really have a big plan so i decided well i'm gonna um open a repair shop and at the time this was now like uh the early 90s 
and you know the Seattle scene was exploding. There was already some guys in town that kind of like had that whole thing dialed in. Yeah, uh, there was one shop that you just didn't mess with, and people were like, you know, Randy, you can't open a repair shop in Seattle. So and so will destroy you. You know, it's like it's just not going to happen. Um, I'm like, no, no, I got a vision. You know, I saw Jimmy Page in the shower. It's all going to be good. Um, so that's what I did. I opened up a, a repair shop and um, I just had this weird, all the guitar playing kind of came back to me. And the thing about repairs is that I didn't have a lot of knowledge when it came to like certain instruments. I wasn't a gearhead. I couldn't talk about this year and that year, but I understood physics. I understood the engineering of neck angle you know, string angle, break over in the bridge, you know, nut slots. I really kind of like, you could give me any guitar and I could automatically see the problem with it and I can improve it by, you know, changing the, the, the neck angle or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I understood intonation a lot better than most people did. Uh, you know, I can talk intonation for an hour if you want. Mm -hmm. But, um, and so I started actually getting popular and there was one guy that was doing Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, and he was like the man. And then um, I had my little shop, and then I kind of became the man. And then I had two shops, and then I had seven shops in the region. Wow. And then um, I had an all-female staff. So I had friends that were in the theater business, and I, I came to them early on. I said, hey, I want to open up these repair shops, but I – I want them to look kind of like Harry Potter's cave. I want people to kind of walk into this like dark place with cool lighting, bunch of rock and roll posters. I really want to like, you know, push that vibe. And I'm only going to hire like uh, pretty girls to work behind the counter. And then I started uh, finding female luthiers. And then before I knew it, the press was kind of like, we got to, we got to cover this guy. There's this guy, you know, that went from being a cop to growing out his hair, to opening all these crazy repair shops and all these crazy pe women that work for him. And now it's like, everyone's like, well, who is this guy? And then everyone started kind of coming to me. Um, and then I really started getting kind of artistic in the whole thing. I was like getting cow. I started building basically um, on my off time. So I was repairing guitar seven days a week. And at nights um, I was still experimenting, uh, experimenting with building and i was doing things like um well what if you took a cow skull and you chopped it up and use that for the the interior bracing you know so, you know kind of stuff like that so i was doing all this weird stuff randy that sounds like a segue that's going to lead us to chapter two the third man jack white yes <laughs> so what happened there was um that's theater, everybody. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Genius. Continue. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I, I was getting all this attention from press, and um, people were like, hey, you got to check out Parsons Guitar Shop. This guy is like, he's got the magic touch. And I, um, I got a call from Jack White's people, and they were like, hey, I uh, heard good things about you. Jack's starting this new band called the Raconteurs, and um, he wants to get a guitar painted. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. Um, it's kind of weird because this wasn't a local guy. This was someone from Detroit giving me a call in Seattle. So um, I was like, yeah, so what are we doing? They're like, well, um, he wants to take like this duo jet, and he wants you to paint it um, copper and add a, a middle pickup. So like there's going to be three pickups and you're going to paint a copper. 
And I'm like, cool, yeah, I can do that. So they sent me the stuff and um, got the stuff. And I called the person back and I said, yeah, this is really cool. I'll have it done, you know, in a couple of weeks. And I've got, you know, some more ideas if Jack's interested. And they were like, no, 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 no. They're like, listen, <laughs> uh, they go, Let, let's do this one guitar and let's just um, consider it a beautiful thing. And then we'll all go our different ways. And I was like, whoa, um, OK, that's fine. And um, so I did the guitar. It looked great. And it was painted kind of metallic copper. And um, Jack emailed me. He said, hey, man, you know, thanks a lot for the guitar. I really love it. looks great. And I emailed him back and I said, yeah, it looks okay. I said, um, it's too bad you didn't let me do real copper. And he, he wrote back, he was like, what? <laughs> and I said, like, you know, like custom make this guitar from the ground up and I could make the, the top actual copper, you know? So like if you were playing an outdoor gig, you could literally take down an airplane. <laughs> and he was like, like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of want that. And so <laughs> that, that was, uh, the, the copper triple jet. And so I made it from the ground up and, um, you know, I was really out of my depth to be honest with you because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think, I didn't know I could do it at all. That was just like, just kind of came out of my head. And then I had to be like, Oh shoot, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out number one, how to you gotta write the, the check. Man. Yeah. So I was just like, well, I, I said, it's going to cost this much was, which is a ridiculous low amount. Um, not that that was all my problem, my fault, but, um, and this is before copper went through the roof. So you got lucky on that one. I imagine. <laughs> well, you have to understand is that I really wasn't an accomplished guitar maker. So I had two problems. Um, number one, I had to make a guitar out of copper or at least the top. <laughs> and then number two, I had to build a guitar for Jack White and I really wasn't a guitar maker, you know? Uh, I had a little, all my shops were small. You know, I, like I said, I had multiple repair shops in the Seattle area, but there were all these tiny little spaces. I had a little bandsaw in the back to cut nuts. And so I was like, oh man, I got to figure this out. Um, but that's fine. I did it. So I made this guitar and I did the copper top and um, I was running late on it. And he was like really excited about the guitar. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm playing the Conan O'Brien show. And I really, really want to debut this guitar in the Conan show. Oh my God. So it was one of those things where I was like sweating. I was nervous. The guitar was kind of heavy, you know, and it, we literally had to overnight it in to New York so he could play on the Conan. And me and my friend were like, you know, staying up all night to see if it was even going to make it on the show. And I kept saying, he's not going to play it. He's not going to play it, you know, and then boom, there it was live That's on amazing. TV. And then what happened was, um, you know, that, that original conversation I had with him that this was going to be just one thing and we were going to go our different ways lasted 10 years. Um, and then I, I made some other guitars for him, made some other triple jets and I made the green machine, which was in the movie. It might get loud. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the, um, for those with that don't mic. know. Yeah. It was the, uh, so now he thinks I can do anything, right? Like, well, what if we well, do you this? What if we do that? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. So he, he said, he's like, you know, um, what if we like, is there any way you can put like harmonica mic inside a guitar and then I can like pull it out. And then if I let go of it, it spins back up inside the guitar. And I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. <laughs> and then, um, so the problem was, is, um, uh, it was a green bullet, microphone amp or a harmonica uh 
microphone. And those things weigh about five pounds. I don't know if you've ever held one, but they're really, really heavy. Oh my goodness. That's close yeah. to the, yeah, that's like the weight of another guitar. Exactly. So my plan was like, well, what about the, I was thinking, okay, well, hair dryers, they have the retractable little mechanism, you know? So we went out and I bought a bunch of hair dryers and stuff and it was just like nothing. It wasn't even going to move that thing at all. And I was so lucky. I went into an, a vacuum cleaner repair shop and I really met like the rain man of vacuum cleaners and this guy comes out and he's got these glasses like three inches thick. And I was just like, dude, listen to me. This is the situation. I've got to make a guitar with this five pound microphone that like whatever. And he's like the, the, the Hoover B321. <laughs> like, he goes back in his shop and he like, he has this wheel mechanism. that's like, you know, just the perfect for this. Um, it was a Gretsch anniversary junior. And, um, so in the movie, it might get loud. There's a picture of me like routing out the back of that guitar, kind of like a half a circle and I'm dropping the mechanism in there and it worked. It was just a miracle. Amazing. The schematics. I remember that on the movie, not your picture, but the, uh, the, the actual guitar with the, the microphone thing. I'm like, who was genius to think of that? Well, he thought of it and took credit for it and that's fine. But I was the idiot. You made it happen, man, with the vacuum guy. (laughs) The vacuum guy, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. This is great. But that's how I rolled. I mean, you know, you kind of like, you fake it till you make it type thing, and you just figure this stuff out as you go. You know, you're not going to say no to an opportunity like that. (laughs) At least I'm not. So now I'm really getting popular. And, um... You know, there's a lot of money in Seattle as far as like, uh, there's a lot of like low key billionaires in Seattle yeah. people that you just don't know. It's, it's different. It's different than LA and LA is different than the East coast and yeah. different than Florida. In Seattle, it's like, you know, the, the wealthy don't drive around in black SUVs with security. They just kind of like drive their own cars, you yeah. know? And so these real cool people started coming to my shop and they were collectors and, they started ordering crazy custom pieces. It was, it was kind of, you know, everyone had a weird idea and it kind of like, it, I'm not going to say it didn't burn me out, but it kind of drove me crazy where I'm like, I wish someone would just come in and ask for like, you know, a telly, <laughs> yeah. but they're, they're like, Hey, I got this idea. What if, you know, uh, the neck was made out of like a dead, you know, naming animal, you know, and then the body was made out of some exotic material that doesn't exist, you know, and then I would have to be like, yeah, I can do that. And then just kind of figure it out. Um, so what happened was, um, it kind of led me into a different path. And that was, um, now I'm starting to become a guitar maker and and kind of letting the repair kind of slip. And then I kind of realized it's like, you know, I got all these women working for me and I'm not, I'm not saying they're not working hard, but I'm really the guy doing all the work. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like this facade that I've kind of created and this image, but it's like, I'm really just working too much. I'm doing repair work, you know, 10 hours a day. And then at night I'm doing all these crazy customs. And, um, so yeah, I decided to uh, leave Seattle and that would be the end of chapter two, I think. Wow. Oh, this is fantastic. Well, it's a good thing. I, my thumb is um, nice and licked. We're turning the page. And uh, let me see here. In chapter three. 
is um, freewheel burning. <laughs> yeah, so what happened there was, um, <laughs> I don't know, is anyone from Seattle? No. No. Okay, it's, it's gloomy. It's, yeah. It's, it's gray and wet for about nine months a year. And I was I just, out in Fort Lewis for a while, so I... I've, I've been out there. I've lived out there for a year. Is Did that... you work? Were you an MP at Fort Lewis? I was, yeah. What year? So 96 to 99. Okay. Um, more so 98-ish. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't cross paths. Hmm. No. Um, I remember going into the Burger King and on post, and then if you parked a certain way in the parking lot, you could see Mount Rainier. It was pretty pretty cool. <laughs> And were the uh, the barracks were kind of in that back area up that little hill? It yeah, was there was a ton of barracks there. That thing was a small city, man. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, we went back about eight years, uh, about five six years ago, and the barracks that I used to stay in, they were getting ready to tear them down. Oh, okay, it's just evolving into new buildings. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Eerie. No, I spent some time there. Go oh, cool, cool. Uh, but I thought, like, okay, well, I've kind of like made something of myself here, and I'm. My clients really are now. They're not from Seattle. They're from all over, you know. And I'm like, where do I want to live? And I'm like, I want to live in L.A. There's palm trees and there's beaches. So I um, kind of packed up and went down the coast, and I found this cool, funky commercial building in Ventura, California. Ventura is about 45 minutes north of LA it's kind of a, a throwback beach community I don't know people probably know it's between Santa Barbara and Malibu you, you know how you get to Ventura f from LA is this a joke or I mean you you want me to answer that Ventura Highway <laughs> Tony <laughs> leave me hanging on this yeah I should have known that was coming I'm sorry uh, you, that Tony you're two demerits Anyways, See, go ahead. I, th I thought you were going to be like, well, you want to jump on the 101 to the 33 <laughs> yeah. and jump on the 68. To Californians. Yeah. <laughs> the PCH. So I, uh, I was just kind of like, I'm just going to drive down there and look around. And um, there was this like funky commercial building. And it was like, it was a two-story building. Down below was this uh, tattoo parlor and something else was going on down there. I wasn't really paying attention. And then upstairs, it had this big uh, vacancy sign on it. And it was two blocks from the beach. And it was uh, probably too much money that I needed to be getting into. But I was kind of cocky. And I just kept thinking that, you know, my career was going to roll. So I was like, okay, that's it. I'm giving up Seattle. And I'm going to move to Ventura. And I'm going to lease out this building. And so I kind of negotiated and uh, got the building. And it was... It was so much money that I, I didn't tell I didn't tell the landlord, but I was going to live in the building too because I couldn't like afford to get like an apartment mm. and lease a commercial building. So I'm just like I'm just going to sneak in there. I'll build a shower somewhere or do whatever I need to do. So um, yeah, I rented this building for eight years in Ventura. Yeah. So you know what the, what they never explained to me the landlord was um, not that they needed to, but the place that I was going to lease was George Christie's old hangout. And George Christie, he's kind of the fallen hell's angel. He's got his own show on uh, the History Channel, uh, Outlaw, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And downstairs, the first floor is still um, occupied basically by the Hells Angels. They have a um, uh-huh. tattoo parlor there. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. Um, actually, it was very interesting to me because I was always like, as a teenager, fascinated with the Altamont story, the yeah. uh, free concert the oh, Rolling yeah. Stones did. And it was like, even as a teenager, I loved the Rolling Stones, but I always kind of sided with the, uh, the angels because I was like, well, obviously, you know, you can't, there was no security. The crowd was out of control. You hired the Hells Angels for security and you paid them in beer. And um, when you kind of look at all the footage, and again, this is me 14 years old analyzing the situation. I'm like going, well, the Hells Angels obviously felt that the thing was getting out of control. And um, the only story people repeat is that, oh, the Hells Angels stabbed and killed a guy. But what they don't tell you is that yeah, but that Hell's Angels went to court in a unfriendly courthouse with an unfriendly prosecutor and an unfriendly law enforcement agency, and actually won. And he was he was found not guilty for uh, reasons of self defense. Wow. And um, I don't know if you know the the rest of the story not there. The I mean, I'm kind story. of getting off. It, it sounds like the the book from Exile on or the book Exile on Front Street. That's is that what that kind of covers. Yeah, where then then they went to Mick Jagger and they said, "Hey, you owe, you owe us fifty thousand for court fees." Yeah, and um, Mick Jagger said no, and so then they put a team together to sink his yacht. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, this is yeah. This I don't know if this is in the book, but um, so what happened is they went back and forth with the organization with with Mick Jagger, and they said, "Hey, our guy, you know, you owe him fifty thousand dollars for court fees," and of course Mick was like, "No, I'm not paying anything." And, um, they got together and they actually, they, they did this mission to go out and sink his yacht. It was off the, uh, I think it was off the coast of New York and it was only because of a storm that they had to bail on the whole thing. But the, this, the news got to Mick that they, they tried to sink his yacht and the next day, uh, Mick sent him $50,000. Jeez. <laughs> So anyways, um, so let me go back. The, the idea was I was fascinated, um, and I, I always kind of – like I said, a huge Stones fan, huge. And I'm 14 years old, but I'm kind of like, this story doesn't make any sense. To me, it seems like the Hells Angels were in the right. Um, so then I'm like in a situation where I'm like going to have to be friends with these guys. I mean I'm, I'm living illegally above them, and we're sharing the same front door. So this is – you know, it's kind of a situation. Anyways, yeah, it's just interesting to deal with them. So, anyways, I had any guitars from you. No, they um, (laughs) they actually took care of me because um, the city started falling apart. Like, I had a car that got broken into. Like, every two months, I'd wake up and there's glass on the street. I was just like, man. And so, um, I was complaining to one of the guys about it, and he was just like, "Oh, we'll take care of that," and um. They put some like uh, support stickers and some other stuff in the back. And I was just like, all right, that's not going to do anything. It's the last time my car was ever broken into. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my sure. God. I didn't. I, yeah, I never asked questions, you know, and it took about four years before I could actually like go out and have coffee or dinner with these guys because it takes about that long before they can trust you. Uh, but I was just I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was really impressed with um, there was definitely a level of integrity. 
super, super intelligent guys. I mean, I was actually really impressed. So the bottom line is um, I rented this big building, probably spent a half million dollars on rent, and it just didn't work out that well. Yikes. This sounds like I'm getting the prompt to turn the page again. Turn the page. Uh, Okay, chapter four, American Gothic. So what I did, again, I just, for some reason, every 10 years, I like to reinvent myself. You know, like, (laughs) went from police officer to taking over the city of Seattle as a repair guy to going down to California and illegally living in a building with the Hells Angels. Um, And then the clock went off and I decided, okay, now what am I going to do? And I always wanted to like have a real funky space, like an old school or an old church. And um, the one thing that California taught me is that, you know, space is really important if you're creative and you should probably own it. I mean, that's so um, I told my wife, I said, we're leaving California. New wife, different wife. New wife, okay. new wife. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> new, better wife. Yes, new, improved. Okay. Um, we're divorced now. No, no, we're fine. Um, <laughs> So anyways, so, I came out of the shower and said, we're moving. <laughs> I had this vision. There were stained glasses everywhere. Yeah. And church pews. Yeah, of course. So anyways, I made my escape. I escaped California. I barely escaped. Um, it was rough. I, I had to like sell everything I didn't need. And I was able to like buy this old Gothic church in Kansas for cash, basically. Um which is wonderful, different, different paradigm to, to actually own the place instead of renting the place and losing all your money. Mm-hmm. And um, so sight unseen, we found this place on the internet. It was this uh, abandoned Gothic church in a place called Independence, Kansas. And seems like a pretty cool town. They celebrate Halloween for 10 days every year. Um, the, the city flag's got like a witch on it. And so I was like, yeah, we're, go- we're going there. <laughs> and uh we drove we drove um two cats and we towed my little white car with the hell's angel sticker five states and uh we 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 arrived in this church and it's just cool the uh, like the basement's five thousand square feet it's got 15 foot ceilings and it's got a sanctuary upstairs that uh 42 priceless stained glass windows the building's actually on the national registry and um it's got a third floor and an addict and it's just really cool it's in the middle of town on main street the town is just great and i'm like wow so this is cool and um there were a bunch of like old church pews upstairs and so i ripped those apart and decided that i was going to make a bunch of guitars out of them and um yeah i mean so i've been i've been in the church two years and the first year was basically just getting like water lines and replacing the plumbing and this and that and then the second year um, I had a lot of builds to do, a lot of obligations, people that ordered guitars when I was in California. You know, these people were really cool. I had to say, hey, you know, I, I got to take a couple years off. I got to get out of California. I got to find a place to live. I really need to own a place this time and not um, lose all my money on rent. And so that's kind of all been taken care of now. And I'm right now, like the last six months, I've 
I've been building more guitar. So I've built more guitars in the last year than I built my entire time in California. And I'm building probably the, the best guitars that I've ever built right now. Um, like for instance, you know, built all the Henry Cash's guitars, my buddy Brody. Um, and then I'm building yeah. some crazy guitars for a crazy client in Florida who, um, what he does is he sends me boxes of like vintage pickups and vintage parts, but like really cool pieces. And then he's just like, Hey, you know, I've always wanted this pickup. I've always wanted this bridge and these set of tuners just start building guitars around this gear. Mm, and like so that old like Kohler commercial <laughs> it was like, what do you want me to build for you? And they said, yes, build. And then they put the, the faucet down. They said, we want you to make a house around this. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> it's wonderful yeah it's a dream and so like if you go to my instagram parsons guitars yeah you'll see a bunch of like uh cool guitars with like uh, coyote skulls inside the guitars that like light up and just a bunch of like different variety stuff and that's basically this guy basically uh saying go to town and and build some cool stuff and he's the one that actually sent me the human skull ah. that um, wanted me to do something. And I had a crazy idea. I said, well, I said, okay, let's do the human skull somewhere inside the guitar. Maybe we'll do like an arch top so we can fit the thing and maybe have it like peeking out a little bit. Um, and if you really want to go crazy, maybe we can do bone frets, which is something that I've done many times before. Oh, wild, yeah. I and then I was something like, about that. I think that that's, um, Anyways, but, but. yeah, I, I saw a couple of things on the internet too, and I'm like, yeah, it, it's like I don't, I, I did that. I started doing that back in Seattle. I, I retrofitted a bunch of classicals with bone frets, mm. and then in California, um, I did a telly with with bone frets and donated it to the Children's Hospital uh, for this auction. So I've been doing that for a while, and so I said, well, what if we got a bunch of woolly mammoth it's like it's a petrified woolly mammoth bone and tusk it's over ten thousand years old there's a dealer that deals in this stuff some people use it for nuts and saddles i said well what if we make what if we make the whole entire guitar out of woolly mammoth with narwhal frets oh my god and then we put a human skull <laughs> in the middle with a switch that turns on like a yellow light you know so the, like the eyeballs Ali Jorgensen up. from ministry or well, I don't know because he hasn't called me back in two months, so I don't, I don't know if I went too far. Um, no, this guy is um, this guy's one of these collectors that um, is really interesting because he's really like full of knowledge. Like sometimes you work with these wealthy people, and you get the feeling that you're just going to make them something, and maybe they don't care too much about it. They're going to get it and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah," and put it somewhere, you know, on their wall or their warehouse. But like this guy's really intense with like he can talk to you about wire gauge inside the pickup and, wow. you know, all that stuff. Um, so he really gets into it, which is fun for me. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, so we've got a couple things going on with that. We've got the, the human skull. I said earlier, we've got the monkey skull. Um, we have about 36 pickups and boxes everything from like you know the arm and gold foils to you know just stuff he pulled out of like vintage instruments and 
yeah, it's just really fun. And so I'm in this big church. I've got this incredible shop and I've got more space than I, I know what to do with. There's no rent. It's completely paid for. Um, and I'm just really looking ahead to the future and it's really exciting. We're also doing like, um, you know, the, like in the seventies, the faces, they did, um, they did some live concerts at the Paris club. Uh, if anyone hasn't checked that out, you should definitely check it out. It's on YouTube, 1972 Paris club, the faces. Got it. And, uh, it was just, it was like a small club and they videotaped the shows and I actually have a room downstairs that's, you know, it's a little over 2,000 square feet, high ceilings, a couple of bathrooms, multiple exits, and it's completely paid for. So I'm actually in the process of actually putting together kind of a similar situation, a little music venue. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's really just, uh, it's, it's kind of a weird life to go from like the military to police to Seattle, opening a bunch of repair shops, people telling me I shouldn't do it. And then having all these famous people knock down my door and then saying, well, I've had enough, so I'm going to go live in California yeah. and then meeting the angels and having a good experience and then losing all my money, <laughs> but having enough to go to Kansas and buy a church. Um, and so that's like chapter four, and I'm looking forward to chapter five, six, and seven. Yes, and, and all I have left here is chapter five, which is called 30-something. That's another TV show reference. It is. <laughs> okay yeah so um you know i started this journey in 1995 that's when i quit my job and so uh in one year it's going to be my 30 year anniversary i've never never done a production guitar and um i kind of want to do one and i actually have a good idea for one and so what i'm going to do is um i'm going to do a production guitar it's going to be affordable and the only way you can get one is by going to my Instagram and then following my Instagram to my Patreon and then uh, signing up to be, uh, well, to, to go down that route. It's about 185 bucks a month for a year and you get um, one of my very first Parsons production guitars. It's probably going to be called a Bat Junior. Don't know yet. It's going to come in two colors, orange and black. And... Everything, you know, I put so much effort into the creative aspects of my guitar, almost too much. Like, I just did this crazy Wonderland bat. It's on my Instagram with this crazy mushroom inlay. The whole thing has 50,000 pieces. I've done these Wonderland queens and Wonderland kings. Um, and again, they're just over-the-top elaborate instruments. And I this time I want to put all that energy into just a tone monster something that's like you know um like this thing's going to be just a double cutaway single pickup you know top route pickup cover over the top bolt on neck but um you know it's all going to be about the, the right weight the right tone the playability mm -hmm. um the affordability and it's definitely going to bear my name and it's going to be my first year my first production model and i'm very excited about that, that so sounds that's kind of awesome. where i'm going yeah very cool. Uh, that's a that's a nice way to uh, to sort of pop a cork on the, on thirty with uh, with something totally new and different. That's that's yeah, really I think cool, so. Man. Yeah, I think so. Well, uh, you clearly have a storied past, 
and um, I really appreciate you sh- thanking, uh, uh, sharing that with us. We're thanking you for sharing that with us. Um, uh, a wild ride indeed. And, you know, normally we get into like, well, tell us all about the guitars and stuff. But, you know, uniquely yours are all completely different. So that would be a very long story. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a problem. One that would be probably hard to follow. The point is you're making pretty pretty amazing stuff and uh, it's it's unique and if that's something that you are interested in ladies and gentlemen this is the guy to do it for you um so uh without further ado we're going to uh tap into the wide wide world of jared's jared brandon's head (laughs) and he's going to deliver us from evil that's right uh while my buddies drive on up to my house, in Nashville, and the old El Camino. Well, we may take a side trip over to Kansas to check out the church. That's you true. You should. You oh, absolutely you should. should. You should go praise those new guitars <laughs> coming up, the production model guitars. I think that sounds like a great opportunity. Uh, but we're going to play a little game of Would You Rather right now. And uh, What's the introduction, Jared? Uh, it, it, it's a song and it goes like this Would you rather Just like that Our good old buddy Bob Crouch Sends us this would you rather This week And he calls this the edge of breakup It's the early 1990s You have been offered a one-night-only appearance on Saturday Night Live when you were walking down the street. This is unintentionally mi- very much mirroring what you, everything you just told us. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally unintentional. We had no idea you were going down this path. Jared, please continue. You will be playing guitar at a part of a live audience sketch with the cast. Your payment... For the appearance is that you get to keep the guitar you play during whichever sketch you choose to be in. The drawback is that you get absolutely nothing in payment if you laugh or react to the performer in any way. Oh, so 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 you gotta you can't break character. You cannot break character and laugh. So in and it's early nineties. So think yeah. So think you know Chris Farley. Um, all those boys yeah, know, and, and the others. And yes. This wasn't in the nineties. It was more like Dana Carvey and no, that, that was that was nineties. But go ahead. No, in the early early nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Adam Sandler. I guess it was early. He said Adam Sandler. Yeah, that was mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, everybody gets the idea. Yes. So in, in sketch one, you were playing a late 50s or early 60s three pickup black beauty Les Paul. And yeah, that's like a super expensive guitar nowadays. Um, and the featured performer is Chris Farley, my guy. In sketch two, you are playing a 50s Blackguard Telecaster. Ooh. And the featured performer is Adam Sandler, another highly. Uh, regarded guitar and a very historic guitar remembering that you get nothing if you break character which opportunity do you go for 
Bob oh, says, boy. I would personally risk doing anything to have in the same room as Chris Farley. But I'm quite sure that I would have walked out with nothing but a lot of laughing. Yes. Yeah, I of think course. It's Chris Farley. Fair to say. Yeah. All right, yeah. Tony. So let me get this straight. Ahead. So option one, sketch one, you are playing a 50s or early 60s black beauty. And the performer, the star, mm-hmm. is Chris Farley. Yeah. Van down by the river, Matt Foley. I know. Or at sketch yeah. two, you're playing a 50s blackguard telly. And Adam Sandler is the guy. Yes. Opera man. But you can't. Red hooded sweatshirt. But if you break character, you get absolutely nothing. Yep. But if you keep character, you get to keep the guitar. Lunch lady land. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tony, what are you doing? I don't think that I could uh, sit with Chris Farley without cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so I, I would, I, I don't think I could keep character with Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. Yeah, he's okay, but you know he wouldn't. I, I, I could, I'd stand a better chance staying in character with Adam Sandler. So I'm going to take uh, skit number two and, and keep the black guard telly, telly, which are yeah. roughly around. Yeah, 150 bucks or so. Yeah, you can easily pick one of those up. <laughs> All right, Jared, how about yourself? Definitely going to 100% take my chances with the Black Beauty. And if I have to give it up from laughing, I just don't care. Because I want to be in the same room as Chris Farley. Bottom. That That's it. I'll take Chris Farley to five minutes with Chris Farley and lose the guitar. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. All right. That's pretty big because you're a Gibson guy. So that's, uh, that's, that's, it's huge, but it's Chris Farley. Yeah. No, you wouldn't last 10 seconds. Uh, all right, Randy, how about yourself? Well, this is a walk in the park. I mean, I've been accused of having no emotion. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking the black beauty. I'm going home with it. All right. All right. Uh, Tom. Yeah, the the, the trade off is is hefty because I I'm with Tony on this one. I I um, you know I think I could walk out with the, the black Telecaster, but yeah, the experience of being live on set yeah. with Farley would just be too too great an opportunity to, to pass. I was just thinking about it. Yes, it yeah. So I'm gonna I'm with I'm with Jared and Bob Crouch on this one. I'm gonna. I'm going to forego the riches and, and stay with the experience. To the victor go the spoils. Yeah. You, you could cash out as the guy that gave up a, a guitar for laughing on TV. Yeah, and that's true. You and could write a book. And Gibson would probably give me a brand new one. Oh, sorry yeah. for your loss, pal. You know, they're like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Easy now. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blasphemer! Uh Hey, Gibson Bob, Gibb. that was a fantastic yeah, Would You Bob, Rather. That was Thank good. you so much. That was really cool. Um, and, uh, and off the heels of a great interview. Thank you so much, Randy. We have uh, we got to say thank you to a few people, and then we're going to send you off into the great uh, evening or whatever. Ether. Ether. Okay. <laughs> send it to the ether. That's right, Todd. At this point of the show, there's a special group of people we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, how do you become... What is an executive producer? I don't know. 
Tell me. An executive producer makes the show possible. That's true. How do you become an executive producer? You go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. That's right. And there you can sign up to be a sponsor. That's right. A patron. A patron. A hero of All the podcast. Three of those things at once. Yes. Wow. Each level comes with some very, very nice thank you gifts and opportunities to win wonderful prizes. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. Jared, what would that be? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, James White, Motander Guitars, Anthony Gemolero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. All right. Thank you. Thank you, one and all. But, Todd, there's one more group of executive producers. I like to hear that. We call them our grand poobas. These are the cream of the crop, the top of the heap. A number one. King of the hill. <laughs> yes. So extra special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups. Yep. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Yes. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, and Moon Guitars. All right. Thank you guys so much. You keep the machine rolling. We could not do it without you. Absolutely. Uh, and we'd love to entertain you as one of our new supporters. If you've been thinking about it, just go ahead and do it. It'll make our day. I promise. I'll yes. even tell you that in a note. <laughs> uh, we've got some great giveaways coming up, so that's another thing to be looking forward to. But for now, we need to say thank you so much to Randy Parsons. Uh, for joining us on the show tonight. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You are yes. more than welcome. Where can people go find the things that you are doing right now? Just go to my Instagram, at Parsons Guitars. And be on the lookout for that 30th anniversary uh, yes. offer to get one of these. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Boy, imagine the person getting the 0001. Or whatever. First come, first serve on the serial numbers, so. There you go. Uh, Tony, where can people find you? Go over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do have available for sale. But by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do, and I will make it happen. Brilliant. Jared? You can find me on Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. Uh, message me and ask me about pickups or guitars. or If you have any questions, let me know. 
Excellent. Uh, you can send me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at guitarnobs. Uh, love to hear from you. Send us your would-you-rathers like Bob Crouch did. Oh, that was fantastic. Yes. And uh, please go check out the Villantinos. We just uh, released a new single last week, and we've got an EP coming up on the 20th. Nice. Uh, so uh, very, very cool stuff, and got a couple shows uh, in and around uh, Ohio uh, as well. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody, have a fantastic guitar week out there, and subscribe! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Jared, what'd you have for breakfast? Nothing. Everything is the is the right word. Okay. Yeah, the meatloaf. <laughs> no, I was uh, in order. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you and your rules, Todd. We can break the rules here. Or or don't. Or don't. <laughs> okay. Let's just start that again. Don't count me in or something. Just well that we're gonna. We're going to okay, let's just do I'll do All a fresh right, one good. so I don't have to edit the living crap Thanks. out of this. All right. <laughs> He'll announce himself. He'll say, test, test, test. test. <laughs> Watch, he'll do it. Do you have a beard? Do I have a beard? No, that's terrible, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, my wayward son. Guess, so I'm, uh, guess where Randy is from, Jared? Kansas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Topeka, Kansas? No, uh, southeast Kansas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that not good enough? <laughs> was that the best? Was that not the Kansas oh, you were hoping for? <laughs> damn. No, I, I don't. Northwest Kansas. Game. I start wondering if these are actual movies or just crazy things in <laughs> Todd's head. Yes. Uh, I had uh, eggs and toast. Uh, so, I noticed that you have. There he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what do we tell you? So predictable. Why? You hearing my beard? Jared's going to join us. Okay. That's super. I'm glad he's telling us he's going to do something instead of just doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One time he oh popped. My God, I think I'm going to probably join you guys. <laughs> Go on, just join. <laughs> Yay. Ta-da. All right. Okay. Well. And away we go. And that's my line. Oh, I'm sorry. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarnobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarnobs. Catch you next time.